Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? Hey, freak show! You're going nowhere! Super Brawl Saturday? Wrong answer! Super Rad Saturday! That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Put down in there! Misery, 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 that's what you've chosen. Colored gluttons for punishment. We promise it's not always gonna be this bad. It's gonna be worse. You in, or are you out? I don't know! Super Saturday, what is it? I don't even know what it's called! What is it called? What does your wife think about that? And welcome to another episode of the Super Rad Saturday Show! I'm Mighty Matt! And I'm the Cap, and I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in again this week. Um, this is your first time listening to us. Welcome! Um, you know, that's one more viewer this week than the last. And, uh, of course, we also want to give a shout-out to that one fan in Italy, because, uh, gosh darn it, you're, you're loyal to the oil, my friend. If you're new to this podcast, go ahead and uh, like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, go ahead and hit that bell notification and start following us. So that way you can stay up to date every Saturday. And if you're one of our loyal followers, yes, if you're one of two of them, uh, go ahead and uh, feel free to share our, share our episodes and help us get our name out there so that way more people can enjoy listening to us like you do, clearly. So, Cap, the other day I was thinking about superhero occupations. You know, lots of different superheroes have had lots of different occupations. And I was thinking about how, over the years, some of them have had to kind of, like, evolve. Because as culture changes, sometimes certain jobs become a little less relevant, a little less uh, easy to sort of um, relate to, I guess. So, um, anyway, I just thought it would be kind of cool if we just kind of, like, go over some of the, the different jobs that superheroes have had to have in their secret identities. Um, like, you know, you have your characters like Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark who are millionaires and they're sort of like kind of ambiguous with their money, I guess. Like, like Bruce Wayne, like he doesn't really have a job. He's just like, he's got, he's got family money and like, you know, he... He, he runs, he has a company, you know, the Wayne Foundation or the Wayne Enterprises, but, like, what do they do exactly? Yeah, no, like, it seems like you have other people uh, running that show there. Um, it seems like, you, you know, the likes of, like, Lucius Fox will run other things, and, and I feel like with Batman and Bruce Wayne, that, that dynamic, I feel like Bruce Wayne more so is just, like, a face of the company, more so, like, just the poster boy. Yeah, I always yeah. felt that, like, if anything, he's more known for his philanthropy. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. The famous Bruce Wayne. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. So, let's put a couple tables together. I'm not sure that they'll let us. Oh, they should. I own the place. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's not like he's an expert on, like, well, he's a leading, you know, scientist or whatever. No, he's like, no, he's, he's just sort of, he run, he owns the company, and he kind of, like, has other people, like, you know, do things. Like Lucius Fox, like you said. Um, he puts other people in charge of doing things, I guess. Um, Tony Stark, uh, he's, he's a, you know, a, what is it, like a, a weapons, he, at least he was a man, weapons manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, you know, selling arms and... You know, and even, you know, we see it in the movies, like they try, you know, he 
he goes out of his way to, to make renewable energy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like a, a stark <laughs> contrast to uh, the other billionaire playboy in Bruce Wayne, where it's like we really can see. But you know, that's not to say that Bruce Wayne, you know, Batman himself isn't like as intelligent because he actually all that work he applies to when he's Batman, versus like Tony Stark up front is always like at the you know always at the go on the go, you know whether it's weapons, energy you know engineering it's it's crazy yeah no offense but i don't play well with others big man in a suit of armor take that away what are you uh genius billionaire playboy philanthropist <laughs> and and then you know we we go you know we go to more humble uh jobs you know and we get like you know superman with clark kent as the news reporter and uh Spider-Man Peter Parker as a photographer for, you know, newspaper, basically both working in some form or fashion within journalism. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, we, we it's interesting to see how they portray that in today's society. As these movies come along, uh, you know, it, it's not like, oh, obviously, like, photography is outdated or journalism, but it's like, it changes, like, where the, you know, basically where the 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 output changes like you know so maybe newspapers do more digital you know newspapers if you will online versus like printing them out and selling them same thing with like photography like and you've we've had this discussion before like in the ultimate comics peter parker is a web designer Right, because when Brian Michael Bendis was writing the the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, you know, in the early 2000s, um, you know, it wasn't quite as cool for a teenager to be, uh, you know, a photojournalist for a newspaper on, on the side. You know, it, the cool thing was, you know, designing websites, um, and that just kind of like makes it. <laughs> Spider-Man web designing. <laughs> um, anyway, it just makes it a little bit more, you know, relevant to the time. It's it's updating it in a way that that uh, that makes sense, you know. Um, I I'm curious what like what they'll do with Superman in film um, with his job. I know in the comics he's he's still kind of had a, a sort of a rocky sort of. Um, you know, uh, relationship with uh, the Daily Planet. He's like they're still kind of doing the Daily Planet thing, but um, I can see them changing that up too because it's like with like print media, kind of like for the most part, it's n it's not what it used to be. You right. know, it's not the huge back in the day before social media and everything. Yeah, like print media, you know, print uh, news was a big deal so it made sense for this metropolitan newspaper to be like a big deal and to have like a star reporter and all that now not so much yeah and i mean even it's even funny seeing like how you know we see even their edit you know their uh, peter parker and clark kent's respective editors in chief how they're portrayed especially in modern day um i kind of like uh how lawrence fishburne is not you know great caesar's ghost but very like just you can tell he's stressed and he's he's very he plays it very straight very uh like uh, the you know his role as the the lead editor of the daily planet like you can tell this is very important to him like it's not like he's gonna outwardly like have a meltdown but he also doesn't you know he doesn't take shit from anybody and like he will he will chew out clark kent or lois lane if needed and there is still so that there is still that similar 
uh, dynamic right there in that case. Uh, whereas, like, J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> in the Daily Bugle, yeah. as we've talked in earlier episodes, he's, you know, you know, in in earlier films, of course, it's the classic, like, you know, editor-in-chief of Daily Bugle, but today, we see it in, like, No Way Home and Far From Home. He's, you know, again, as we've mentioned, an Alex Jones type. Right, yeah, he's a, you know, a sort of internet news. He has his own internet no. news source, kind of like a sort of a uh, Infowars type thing right? Um, called the Daily Bugle, and I think that's a brilliant sort of updating of yeah. of that because I think that's really what J. Jonah Jameson would be doing today. He would be doing that. Yeah, no um, one would be that angry on like a regular <laughs> regular ass news unless yeah. you're on something kind of controversial. So, yeah, as someone that wants to spin their version of the story of the the truth where it's like, you know, he he believes that Spider-Man's a villain, you know, so like he he wants to go out there and say that that's the news right. on and his own. It, and know? it's funny because it's like it's not even like that's the first time they've actually done something like that. If you've uh, ever played the PlayStation 4 that's right. Spider-Man game. Same it's thing. Same thing. Now, he's not actually working under the Daily Bugle, if I'm correct. He just has his own little, like, like weblog kind of thing going yeah, on. like a podcast or something and, like that. And, yeah. and you'll have people calling in, and, and it's kind of funny. Like, I was just playing it last night, and he's talking about, like, how, you know, they're asking, oh, what do you think about Mary Osborne doing all the good work in the city? He's like, the police are doing the good work. Um, and it's just... It's cool. I know in uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, kind of similar vibes because he's more so like on the big screens, always kind of, kind of uh, just ranting. And so it, it's it's kind of interesting seeing how they update such a, uh, you know, we I want I don't want to say like archaic, but like almost an outdated uh, job for both like the editors and the photographers and the the journalist. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just think that's really cool. Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin, you like that? Mr. Jameson. Made it up myself. These weirdos all gotta have a name now. Mr. Jameson, Spider-Man. Hoffman? Yeah? Call the patent office, copyright the name Green Goblin. I want a corner every time somebody says it. How about Green Meaning? Spider-Man wasn't attacking the city. He was trying to save it. That's slander. It is not. I resent that. Slander is spoken. In print, it's libel. You don't trust anybody. That's your problem. I trust my barber. And Peter Parker's also had other jobs, too, throughout his, his comic book history. And, and mostly, re most recently, it's changed a lot due to the fact that, you know, photojournalism with, you know, newspapers isn't what it used to be. Um, but, like, yeah, like we mentioned earlier, he was, you know, in the Ultimate Comics, he was a web designer. But in the main Marvel uh continuity um he's had other jobs of like he was a school teacher for a short period of time um he was also a um a scientist at uh, horizon labs right um so they've tried to give him other jobs besides the whole let's sell spider-man picks to the bugle you know because that is you can only do that for so much exactly yeah especially freelance yeah, oh yeah exactly so so they, they they've and which is which makes sense because peter parker is the everyman superhero so like you know most people like us have multiple have had multiple jobs and yeah. you know he doesn't he he, he he can't have a career right you know what i mean because he can't devote the time to a career because he's spider-man he's got other responsibilities so he has to have like these other sort of like side gigs that don't require him to kind of like work as much yeah 
and it's like you you mentioned how he was at one point even like a like a scientist working for um for the labs you know we we have very notable scientists besides peter parker even in the marvel universe the likes of like you know dr bruce banner the hulk the physicist uh a physicist you know work working around uh, gamma radiation It's all ruined. No! The pain. No, not the Hulk. Not now. Need to get to Gamma Base. It has equipment to finish the experiment. Gamma Base. Get to. I must. I must. I must. Back. Gamma Base. Depending on which version, of course, like you had the, it, and I know like the original version of the Hulk was basically like a reflection on the Cold War and testing out like nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. and that's where they got the you know the gamma bomb that turned him into that, uh, you know, into the Hulk in the Ultimate version. If I am correct, they were having him test out like ver uh, an alternative versions of the Captain America super soldier ser uh, serum. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 changed a bit. You know, uh, gamma rays are always involved, no matter what. Right. Um, that's the one constant. But the way he gets doused with them is is always kind of like in flux and changes a little bit. Um, obviously, once he becomes the Hulk, uh, I don't think he continues his work as a physicist really because uh, yeah, you know, he's on the become, run. Yeah, he's on the run, and that'd be a hard job to hold down. Yeah, kind of you know sticking out like a sore thumb <laughs> a green thumb of course you know it's, you know hulk on you know smoking weed <laughs> that's really why he's green <laughs> you really have got a lid on it haven't you what's your secret mellow jazz bongo drums huge bag of weed <laughs> um speaking of green we got the green lantern <laughs> that's right green lantern now there've been there've been many guys many men that have hailed the the green lantern mantle um the ring if you will um the first one, the, the main one that we all know is uh, Hal Jordan, of course, who was a, uh, a test pilot, um, which I don't know if that I don't know if that one would ever really need to be updated because I think like I don't know we're, we're still we're still using jet planes and everything, right. so I think that's one that could like that's an occupation that's not going to need to up be updated. I, think I, that I can see that like in twenty years, like if they are still doing these movies, yeah. you know, if they had like. Hal Jordan as a test pilot. I could see him being a test pilot even 20 years from today. It's just yeah. it's just something that's always going to be needed, especially in military forces and whatnot. For and sure, yeah. We, you know, speaking of military, we move on to like uh, John Stewart, right? Who was who was in the military? And if I'm not mistaken, I think he was also an architect at one point of time. But his main thing was uh, his his military background, right? Which explains like why like his portrayal. Especially if you grew up watching the Justice League uh, and Justice League anim uh, Unlimited animated series, like he, his voice portrayal and how he was portrayed even in the cartoon was very stoic. Had a very like um, he had this very straight man demeanor, where you know he he wasn't going to take any shit from anybody, uh, and he it just he very like. Uh, What's the word you can say? Like you could tell he's a guy that's 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 
you know, um, been in the service. Right. You know, he's 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 kind of like got that very sort of militarized demeanor demeanor to him. Yeah, which is I think is, is brilliant, and and it's nice to see, you know, a real life hero. You know, a, a, an actual, you know, someone, you know, a military person becoming a superhero. Yeah. Um, it makes sense. All is lost. Not while I'm standing. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Who worship evil's might? Beware my power! Green Lantern's light! But then also, after John Stewart, we've also got Kyle Rayner. Which is a fantastic juxtaposition, but... Yeah, he was an animator. Or, like, an artist. Yeah. You know? And... At first, you're kind of like, okay, like compared to, to Hal Jordan and John Stewart, you're like an artist, really. But when you think about the nature of the Green Lantern, right? For anybody that doesn't really know, or you know, skipped out on that Ryan Reynolds movie and doesn't really know who, how, you know, Green Lantern does, you know, it's an alien ring that grants you power, and you can create these green um, energy constructs, and like. Your only limit is your imagination. You can think of whatever you can think of, and you'll create a green construct of that. You know, you can, if you've thought of, you know, Queen Elizabeth, you can create a green construct of Queen Elizabeth. That'd be just bizarre to watch. <laughs> but it's also. It's, she's going to come in real handy when you're finding Sinestro. There you go, right. Exactly. And it's just. You know, an artist, while, like I said, you, you might find that kind of, like, odd, when you really think about it, like, the imagination, there is, you know, there is no limit to imagination, and somebody like an artist in Kyle Rayner is very suited uh, for the Green Lantern uh, mantle. Um, interestingly, over at Marvel, we've actually got two lawyers, not just one lawyer, superhero, but we've got two lawyers. Um... Matt Murdock, Daredevil, and Jennifer Waters as uh, She-Hulk are both lawyers. Um, I think it's really interesting for a superhero to also be a lawyer. And I think it's really interesting with Daredevil's superpowers because he can, because Daredevil's blind, but his senses, his other senses, senses are heightened, so he can hear someone's heartbeat and tell if they're lying, or he can, you know, smell more perspiration if they're sweating because they're lying you know he can because of his other senses he can tell what the person on trial or on the on the stand is is doing and it can help him give more insight into how they're you know if they're telling the truth if they're lying or whatever so i always thought that like like i don't know how being you know the hulk helps jennifer waters out as you know the she hulk the lawyer but uh, you know but for matt murdoch his powers really make a whole lot of sense and makes it really interesting for him to be a lawyer she just really intimidates them because it's like you don't want me angry maybe maybe that's what it is maybe <laughs> i bring, mean it, yeah I it makes know. for you know entertaining storytelling but like sure. even like even just the idea like of being a lawyer having to know the law and also operating as a superhero within the bounds of the law. You know, 
one you know some people uh, a common complaint I hear about Daredevil uh, is that he doesn't like to kill you know the nastiest disgust most disgusting villains out there he won't kill them but when you really sit back and think about it it's like well he can't because he would lose any credibility to bring them to justice he stands up for justice the, you know that he went you know he went to school for this you know this is what he studied for he you know after his father died was murdered you know he wanted to make sure that justice was served and who would he you know he would be a major hypocrite a massive hypocrite if if he went back on that if he had you know succumbed to that so i mean that and that's that kind of goes to why like a lot of people kind of look at the uh the daredevil movie like kind of like funny like you're a lawyer who's trying to to do the right thing but it's like you're you're you know the first half of the movie is murdering everybody yeah, that was a weird choice i mean but like if you watch the director's cut they do, it does kind of make sense and like there is a sort of a a, a character you know progression in, in that in, in the director's cut at least um so but there's a there's a really cool scene in that like it happens towards the beginning where like you know the, one of the opening scenes is uh, this guy on trial and you know matt knows that the guy's guilty but you know he's found innocent and in, in, you know in the case um so him as daredevil he's actually able to kind of go out and kind of like you know, take care of business you know what i mean because he knows he's guilty but yeah, the, 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 the law kind of like failed us at that time. Yeah, yeah the, there is that uh, there is that uh, situation, of course, too. It's like knowing what's, you know, when someone's telling a lie. And it's kind of funny. It's like that guy was clearly guilty. You know, how disgusting he was acting. <laughs> that, <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know how any judge just sits there and is like, yeah, you're you're fine, dude. You're fine. But I mean, well, maybe not. I'm not. <laughs> but it's uh just operating under the confines of the law just adds to you know conflicts of interest for any superhero facts have no moral judgment they merely state what is not what we think of them not what we feel they just are what was in my client's heart when he took mr prohaska's life whether he is a good man or something else entirely is irrelevant these questions of good and evil, as important as they are, have no place in a court of law. Only the facts matter. My client claims he acted in self-defense. Mr. Prohaska's associates have refused to make a statement regarding the incident. The only other witness, a frightened young woman, has stated that my client was pleasant and friendly, and that she only saw the struggle with Mr. Prohaska after it had started. Those are the facts. Based on these, and these alone, the prosecution has failed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that my client was not acting solely in self-defense and those ladies and gentlemen of the jury are the facts my client based purely on the sanctity of the law which we've all sworn an oath to uphold must be acquitted of these charges now beyond that beyond these walls he may well face a judgment of his own making Working within the law, we we go to Barry Allen, mm. uh, a forensics scientist uh, for the police. Yeah. Um, of course, he wants to. He joined that to help clear his father's name for the murder of his mother, who he was uh, he was wrongly convicted of. Right. His father was wrongly convicted of because he was the only buddy. person there. Right. You know, they're not going to convict Barry. 
uh, you know, I think he was just coming home, depending on, like, which iteration you're reading or watching. Yeah. You yeah, know. his his Barry's origin has kind of changed, even in comics, kind of throughout the years a little bit. Um, but it's really kind of like that's kind of been kind of like the main thing is, uh, you know, Barry's a kid. He comes home and he, you know to find out that his mother was killed and his dad is being arrested for it, but he didn't do it. Yeah, um, um, and it's it's pretty cool, you know. Like you get to see. I mean, I know they kind of passed on the the forensic scientist role to. Uh, Wally West in the Justice League animated series, but it, it's still kind of cool to see either Flash just kind of work around that, you know, because then afterwards, you know, like, you know, you get, you have the power of the speed of light or to go faster, and it's it's such a cool, like, you know, the, the science fiction aspect of it, mixing in with the real life, uh, you know, job with being the forensic scientist, and it's just, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice combination of superpowers with occupation, you know. I always love when they can do, you know, much like Daredevil with being a lawyer, same thing with Barry Allen as a as a forensic scientist. I, I you know, because I, I love when they can take advantage of a character's powers or abilities and strengths and kind of apply it to that job and it's it leads to some really interesting story ideas and and possibilities um yeah that's and i'm I'm glad that they kind of kept the whole barry as a forensic scientist in um the flash tv series um i've stopped watching it but when i was watching it uh those were always kind of like some of my favorite scenes is when like there'd be a crime scene and barry would be there and he would uh, use his super speed to kind of like shake things up or or whatever to kind of like help speed things along to find clues so it's really cool I got a fresh crime scene, a dead body, detectives interviewing witnesses. Miles of that yellow tape stretched over everything. I'm only missing one thing. Can you guess what that is? I'll be right there. My day job beckons. Oh, it's just, it's really cool to think about superheroes and their occupations. And um, here's hoping that in like, you know, whatever the future brings with superheroes, that they continue this sort of uh, long-standing tradition of secret identities having kind of like interesting jobs. Because I always prefer superheroes that have secret identities and they also have an occupation. Because I think it makes the character a lot more interesting. Because sometimes there will be these superheroes and you don't really know what they do when they're not superheroing or if they have a secret identity. It's kind of left ambiguous about what they do. You know? I You know, like... Captain Marvel, like, I don't know what she does when she's not Captain Marveling now, you yeah. know? So it's like... It gives, uh, it definitely gives more depth. I mean, we look at Shang-Chi. <laughs> yeah. He was a, he was a, what is it, a, uh, working at a hotel for the... Yeah, yeah, oh, um, um, valet. He was a, a valet. valet driver, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you know, it, it it's a humble, it's a humble thing, you know, it's a right. humble job. Keeping it low key, like yeah. sometimes the dynamic, sometimes the the job occupation versus the superhero occupation, uh, the di- the dynamics are either subtle to kind of just like, you know, keep it low key, or with in in terms of like you know Superman and Spider Man, whether it's for journalism or for uh, you know taking pictures. It, you know, it keeps these guys in the know. 
See, I've lived in Metropolis most of my life, and I can't figure out how some yokel from Smallville is suddenly getting every hot story in town. Well, Lois, the truth is, I'm actually Superman in disguise, and I only pretend to be a journalist in order to hear about disasters as they happen and then squeeze you out of the byline. You're a sick man, Kent. You asked. Right, like there's a reason, and it gives their their secret identities reasons to be at specific spots at specific times. You know, if Doomsday is crashing around the city, it makes sense for Superman to go there, and he can be like, "Oh, Clark Kent was there because he had to go and cover this story." You know, Peter Parker was getting pictures when Spider Man was battling Kraven the Hunter. You know, yeah. So it, you know, it gives them an alibi for their secret identity. Barry Allen at the at the scene of a crime. Right. Exactly. Yeah. As soon as he gets some kind of like DNA evidence, he zooms right to the uh, the the culprits. Yeah. So it's. It's just cool, and uh, like you said, here's the hope, and we can get more of those dynamics in, in writing because it does make it. It makes for good conflicts of interest. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely enhances the character and the story and the narrative altogether. Yeah, agree. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Super Rad Saturday Show. Go ahead and subscribe to us on Spotify by turning on the notifications. You can also follow me, the Cap, on Instagram at Who's Your Captain Baby. Remember, it's a captain with a K. And you can follow me on Instagram at Mighty Franz. Uh, that's Franz, uh, F R O N Z. And be sure to check out my other podcast, Retro Mutagen, where my friend Shredder and I talk about all things retro with a big focus on those heroes and a half shell to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also, don't forget to follow our IG page at Super Rad Saturday, as well as our official Facebook page, The Super Rad Saturday Show with Mighty Matt and the Cap. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope that you have a, a super, super rad Saturday. Saturday.